Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tech Smash Bros. This is episode 37, um, and today I catch up with David. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, today I catch up with David to talk about his big um, life update where he moved from the Bay Area, California, all the way to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he didn't just move there, he moved there using his car uh, in the span of three days, lugging all of his stuff across the country. So that move in itself was just um, just one big experience for him as well. So we talk about that experience, we talk about mostly what was difficult about it, some lessons he learned, and just the things he did um, while on the trip. Um, so if you're thinking about moving across the country, um, then this podcast might be helpful for you. Uh, David's going to be living there for one year through this program called the Tulsa Remote Program. It's where it's a program that's encouraging people to live in Tulsa for one year and they use uh, financial incentives to do that. Uh, yeah, that's the intro for this podcast. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, and we're on the record. Welcome to another um, episode of Tech Smash Bros. This is episode 37. And uh, in a long time, I'm finally catching up with David, uh, who has now uh, moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes. Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Nice. Wow. What a what a historic move. And you're also are you are you streaming right now too? Does that mean you're playing a game right now? As while you're. Uh, no, I'm not playing a game. I just have like a um, what is it? Like a repeating video playing or whatever repeating video you're playing and yeah. you just have to click click it no it's just like kind of just like background interesting visual. yeah oh so while you're wait did you have a green screen wait what no, i don't Sorry. have a green screen but the repeating video is playing in the background of your stream yeah i see and you don't need a green screen for that Interesting. Well, anyway, all right. Well, I've been to more interesting and more, I guess, prevalent topics. Uh, how was how was the move to Tulsa? You have to you have to start with the booth. Like, what did you? How did you move all your stuff from California all the way to Oklahoma? Uh, yeah. So, I guess I'll go back a little bit a little bit further. I guess um, uh-huh. I did not plan to move to Tulsa. Sure. Technically. Well, you kind of did, but I did, but it was a spur of the moment situation. So like, um, I'm a part of this, basically I'm part of this program through the city of Tulsa where people can move to Tulsa if you have a job that allows you to work remote. So mm-hmm. I applied, they accepted me and then it was just like a, Oh shit sort of moment. And then I just kind of went with it. Um, and so basically I packed my entire one bedroom, one bathroom, 700 square foot apartment um, in California. I packed it into a U-Haul trailer and uh, I moved it to an apartment that I had never visited before. Um, mm-hmm. I had not been, I've never been to Oklahoma up until I want to say close to a month ago. Right. Yeah, so this this trip to Tulsa was your first visit to Tulsa. I'm reading the program. Tulsa is it called Tulsa Remote? Yeah. Yeah, I see. I so I'm just gonna summarize the program a little bit. So they give you ten thousand dollars in cash. Mm-hmm. They give you free desk space. What does that mean? Do they give you like a free desk, or do they just give you a, a room that has this desk? So I have a one. I have one year access to a um, 
remote workspace. I see. And is it just for you or are there, is it like a lot of people that would frequent this place? Um, so there is, um, oh, there already goes down. Um, so there is, uh, shoot, there's, um, I'm, I'm reading it a little bit. Free desk space that holds us top co-working community. Yeah. So it's like a community. It's a oh. co-working space. Yeah. So yeah. I get yeah, it yeah. It's like a, but yeah. there's like a bunch of different people. Yeah. So a like lot of, like, a part different of different companies as well. That's, yeah. that's a, it's a little risky. You better have a privacy screen. <laughs> so that oh yeah. I mean, I could work from home too, if I wanted to. Yeah. So I'm seeing this here. So it's the eligibility criteria was can move to Tulsa within the 2021 calendar year, which is mm -hmm. this year, full-time remote deployment or self-employed outside of Oklahoma, 18 plus years old, eligible to work in the United States. So that's it. Yeah. There's no, um, interesting. They asked a few questions about like, Hey, what are you into? What kind of things would you be curious to learn more about and stuff like that? And then it was uh -huh. like three interviews and then they accepted me. I see. And you got your, like, it's like a signing bonus, like $10,000, huh? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you did that. Okay. All right. So that's why you, you went, you just yeah. decided to go there for a year. Um, all right. So how did you pack all your stuff? You U-Hauled it. So does that mean you were driving the U-Haul truck and you were towing your car with that truck or was it the other way around where you had your car drive the U-Haul truck? I had my car. So that's the reason why I bought a new car this year. Um, okay. I would have kept my old car. Um, but given that I have, I got accepted for this program, like it was one of those situations. Like I bought my car for just like necessities, basically just to like get from point A to point B. But no. it wasn't going to ever like, it wouldn't have lasted that trip, this trip. That's why you bought it. Uh, Plus, like, oh, Tulsa has, like, winters and things like that, like, actual winters. Uh -huh. um, and I needed all-wheel drive for that. So, like, it, it, so I ended up just buying a new car. Um, I bought so, a, um, uh -huh. Go ahead, yeah. a Subaru Impreza. And oh, yes. Oh, okay. I got a tow hitch for it. Um, so, and then rented just the U-Haul uh, trailer. The trailer thing. Interesting. I, I think I was on the highway, highway and I, was, I saw someone drive a U-Haul truck, and they were carrying their car behind. Yeah, the truck too. So that's possible as well. Why did you decide not to do that? Because you, yeah, you could have done that with your Subaru as well. But why did you decide not to do that? It's really expensive to move across the country with a full U-Haul truck. I mean, for what I paid, and I, I haven't yet gotten a chance to, um, to tally up all of the the, the entire costs. But for the trailer, I rented a five by nine trailer. And that trailer costed me about thirteen hundred dollars, um, mm -hmm. between thirteen to fifteen hundred dollars to drive across the country. Um, Fuck. Plus, I had to buy a trailer hitch, which was another four hundred dollars total. So, I, just for the trailer and the hitch alone, it was close. It was about two thousand dollars, we'll say. On top of that, yeah. Um, because I didn't know anybody in Tulsa, I had to spend another $500 for movers to help me move everything from the trailer into my apartment. That's standard. Yeah. It's $500 for like <coughs> movers. Yeah. That, that I'm familiar with. Yeah. I wonder how much it would have cost if we took a whole U-Haul truck and rented it. So if I would have rented, it would have been more expensive. More? It would have been yeah. more? Mm. Well, but including, well, accounting for the trailer hitch costs. 
would including the trailer hitch cost would have been more expensive or less expensive it, it, it would have been way more expensive really yeah Fudge. like think that what, going through what i experienced this last time i would yeah. never do it again but really? at least by myself i would never do it again. was it really tough were you like super exhausted and just deflated after that um it wasn't even like I was definitely tired. I will say that I have not had a good night's sleep since I've been, since I left California. Um, That's, but wait, so you moved a month ago though, right? Yeah. And so it took me four days and three nights to move from California to Oklahoma. Right. Um, So like driving though was like three days maybe or four days. Four days. Four days days of driving, three nights. Um, So I drove for the first day I drove from eight hours from Northern California to Palm Springs, stayed in Palm Springs, drove uh, four hours from Palm Springs to uh, Arizona. Okay. And And you stayed at like Airbnbs and all these stops or what? Or motels, hotels? I stayed in um, a hotel. So I stayed in like Hilton's or whatever. Really? Fancy. How's that fancy? Hilton? Hilton's fancy. I guess so. It was, Why would you? Was, oh, you were, like, you were, but you, that's more expensive than like uh, Super 6 or something. Yeah. Plus like, I mean, the kind of characters that are probably hanging around like motels like that or like. And you had like a car full of stuff. Yeah. Like, and also I guess for, for context too, like. Two weeks before I left, uh-huh. um, my car got broken into and all of my camera equipment got stolen. <gasps> oh, shit. Uh, and so that was like another cost that I had to ah. uh, spend. Oh, that um, sucks. Which oh, was, so you bought you bought new camera? Uh, I mean, my, my apartment insurance, my renter's insurance covered it. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Your, uh, oh, your car was parked outside of your apartment? No, this was, I went to go eat with a friend how did your uh, renter's insurance cover that you didn't know that renter's insurance covers your property any theft that, that you take from your apart, like your apartment your residence i did not and know that if you have it in your car it extends to that so like they won't fix your car but they'll replace the property that was stolen oh wow x dollars that's a that's a pro tip oh interesting okay so if you ever get broken into and you have and you have renters insurance. Even if you got broken into beyond your rental property, like outside rental property, you can still recover that property through your renters rental renters insurance. Yeah, that's pro tip. All right, okay. So you, yeah, so you got broken into. So I guess you had a more heightened sense of caution um, going into the trip. Yeah, it was definitely a more heightened sense of um, of that. And so, like, I didn't want to be going to places yeah, and yeah. staying at places where, like, there would be that increased risk. So, literally, I didn't I, – I waited. <clears throat> um, I basically, like, I booked my first place, like, before I left. Yeah. And then as I was driving, I was basically, like, booking. renting. I was, like, basically um, booking my other hotels. Uh, just because, like, I didn't know, I knew approximately how long I wanted to drive for, um, but I also didn't really know the area. So, like, I was just like basically like calling each place and then like um, asking them, like, "Hey, do you, have you guys had issues with like break-ins and things of that nature?" 
um, just because it's just, it was just like another another level of stress that like yeah. I wouldn't have experienced if that person didn't break into my car. I uh, I I bet yeah everything's unfamiliar too. So, yeah, probably it's probably very hard for you to like gauge level of security. Because, like, if you lived in California for a while, like, you know which areas are, like, dangerous or whatnot. But you don't yeah, really know, you know that when you're going to foreign places. Um, I see. So that's why an Airbnb would just be out of question for you, huh? Um, so, like, technically, the first place I stayed at was an Airbnb, but it was actually... Um, A Hilton? No, it was um, Marriott uh, uh, Timeshare. So it was like on a golf course. So like it, and it was like uh, gated. So like you couldn't just, people couldn't just like pop in and like, like break into people's stuff or whatever. So like that had me like a little bit reassured um, as I was um, I see. driving okay. or like as I was staying at places and stuff. Yeah. I think you should take the story that you're telling also to serve as a guide for people who are considering like traveling cross country ever. Um, through like a car, which is why I think I should be asking questions. Um, I'm also learning from you too, which is also driving my questions. Um, okay, so you, okay, so you're protective of your stuff, and you you never got broken into. I think throughout this trip, you booked hotels, so you booked an Airbnb, but you were eyeing like places that might be secure or might I assume might have some security, like a chain hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's your so your second day you stopped in Arizona. Where at Hilton? Next, the following day, what did you do? Um, I drove and I stayed in Flagstaff. Oh, never heard of that one. Is that a chain hotel too? No, no, no. Uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh, oh, that's a city. Yeah. Okay. So I stayed at the uh, one of the uh, Hilton. Um, Hilton's there. Flagstaff. It was a you know honestly. That was your third. That was your third day. I thought it was your. That second was my day. second day. Oh, okay. Yeah. What about your third? Oh, no, actually going back, you know what happened? What uh-huh. made it even more stressful? What? Um, the first day, I would say two, three hours into the trip, mm-hmm. um, I had to stop because I looked back and mind you, this is a brand new car. It has 50,000, like 50, well, not brand new, but um, brand new to me. It's 50,000 uh, nice. miles on it. Like, there's only been one other person that's driven this car. It's been well-maintained, no issues whatsoever. Uh, as I'm driving, uh, for whatever reason, I just happened to look in my rearview mirror and I noticed that there was smoke billowing out of my exhaust. Uh-huh. And I'm confused because this is never, like, I've, I have had zero issues with this car since I got it. I had the diagnostic, everything checks out and it was good. So I pull off on the, off the road. Uh, I stop at a gas station uh-huh. and all of a sudden, the, like, as I stop, all of the oil in my car, basically just like, like the entire reservoir just like spills all over the ground. And I'm just like, what the hell just happened? Like where, and you are where right now when you, when I, that happens? Kind I'm in a Tescadero. So this is like, right. But, but not where? that far from Gilroy. Like gas station or. Yeah. This is at a gas station. Okay. Okay. All right. So on a Wednesday, so I'm like, this can't be happening right now. Like if well, this at least happens, you are at a gas station, luckily. Yeah, yeah. Like it was one of those situations where it's just like, if this happens, like 
I've already spent so much <laughs> trying to move to this place that like, if I have to get a brand new engine, like, it's just it like at this point, it's just like, I don't even know if I want to go to Oklahoma. So okay. I just, I basically, you know what? I'm just like, you know what? Let me figure out what's going on. Um, I've worked on cars. Like I've, I've rebuilt engines and stuff before. So I'm, I feel a little mechanically inclined. Um, and I look under the engine um, at the oil reservoir and the technician that did the oil change, which normally I do it myself on all my old cars. Oh, really? Uh, oh, the, the, yeah. The technician didn't screw on the oil reservoir bolt. Oh. So since I had been driven it and I didn't really notice it before because like I wasn't pulling a trailer. So my car wasn't working very hard. Um, so like the, the drip was very minuscule. Um, um, and so, yeah, so like, it was definitely very apparent that like, whoever, like the person who had did perform my oil change didn't screw on the bolt. And so that had just let all of that oil just like slowly drip out. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, had I not stopped in time, like my engine would have like seized, like that would have been it for the trip. I would have been in California still. Interesting. Um, but luckily enough, I was able to get enough oil. Um, I, I screwed, tightened down the bolt. I got that oil that I needed from the gas station, filled it up, and then I was on my way. But it was definitely one of those like shaking in my boots moments. All right. So a lot of uh, stress and anxiety as you're just trying to get there Yeah. Um, already. So second trip, you're in Arizona. Uh, second day, I mean. Third yeah. day, where where's where your stop in your third day? So the third day I drove from Arizona to Amarillo, Texas. Oh, Texas. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so being that it was, it's like a 26 hour drive. I figured I could do one long, the first day I'll do a long drive. Second day I'll do, um, half as far the third day I'll do a long drive. And then that way from, uh, when I get to Texas, I would only have a four hour drive from Texas to um to tulsa oklahoma so that mm. kind of like allowed me to have a little bit of a break as opposed to just like driving nonstop uh for super duper long hours mm. and then in te- texas as well you stayed at uh, another chain hotel i stayed at a hilton again <laughs> okay okay yeah they're developing <laughs> that brand for you of a safety huh <laughs> I guess so. Every I mean, I every day, it, every day that you, you your car doesn't get broken, and you're like, "Oh, I feel more comfortable." Yeah, more uh, I see. Uh, confidence in the brand. brand Interesting. <laughs> this is this has this podcast so far has been a promotional <laughs> podcast for uh, U-Haul, um, Subaru, and um, Hilton. The Hilton Hotel. This podcast is not <laughs> and the Tulsa Remote Program. <laughs> we're, not, we're not sponsoring the yeah, that at all, but I guess. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, those yeah. are some brands that have led to David successfully arriving at at Tulsa. Um, all right, so okay, so the third day that's your last hotel, and fourth day you arrive at Tulsa. Yeah, right. Who are we? So how are you eating food during this whole trip? Were you stopping at restaurants and leaving your car with that trailer parked at the restaurant, or how are you? Basically, doing honestly, like. My, all of the fitness progress that I made uh, over the last year, I feel like got sabotaged by this trip because Why? it, I mean, when you're on the road, it's so hard to eat well. Like it's so hard to um, 
find places that like would accommodate how you're trying to eat because like I'm my only focus is really just trying to get to the next place. Like I'm not really concerned about anything else outside of like, all right. So you, you I need to get to, you know, to Arizona. I need to get to um, Texas. I need to, I need to get to Tulsa. So whatever's the quickest, fastest thing, like that's what I'm going to do. So I'm, but normally, you know, if I'm at home and I, you know, let's say for example, Friday night, I eat like a, burger from somewhere or whatever like i'm active for you know quite some time so it's like i don't really need to like worry so much but given that like all i did was just sit was just sit and drive for 26 hours like i feel like it caught up to me a little bit um yeah i mean how much damage can four days really do though i'm sure you can i'm sure you didn't fully sabotage that maybe like i sabotage in a minor way you fully sabotaged it. Maybe, maybe the, I don't know what you did in this past month, but maybe that has something to do with it. But yeah. anyway, so you were eating, but you were keeping an eye on your car and stuff while it was parked while you were eating. Did you yes. always eat out, or did you like eat in your car too, or to take on eat in your car? Sometimes I would eat in I would eat in my car sometimes. Um, I see. But for yeah, I would like park in places where like I could see my car, so then that way like. I wouldn't necessarily have to like worry about like oh who might be coming by my car or whatever. Um, I see, and I assume you were like the only car with a trailer hitched to your car. In these no, resorts. surprisingly, there was a lot of people that I saw on the road that were like on the road, um, like taking a trailer or um, yeah, that would have their cars that they would have the U-Haul and then they would mm, just they're moving cross country like you in a way because yeah. they would have to use those roads to move cross country. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. What was the most? Uh, delicious restaurant you ate in during your road trip none of them you weren't looking you know you weren't looking for like nice restaurants a lot of the way you were just like whatever is nearby me whatever i can eat i'm gonna get that was your yeah, mentality dude, there was one night one of the the when i stayed in arizona for dinner i had a frozen pizza from like the hotel uh uh convenience store and uh-huh. uh sherber ice cream bar because uh-huh. i didn't know what else to eat Damn. Dude, you must have felt very lonely throughout this whole trip. Uh, it was it was definitely isolating. Um, it was definitely I would say it was kind of hard because it was just like I'm in just like determin- determination mode, but also at the same time, you know, like you would want to have that like um, I'm not interacting with anybody, you know. I'm in, I'm by myself in my car. Yeah. Um, for 26 hours and um, you know, I, I, I also wasn't able to drive at like a normal speed. I have to, dr- had to drive a lot slower. So I'm driving 55 miles an hour as right. opposed to like 65, 70. You're um, saying all this to say that the drive was very isolating slash boring. Yeah, it was boring. Like, so what did you do to keep yourself entertained through this super ass long drive? Watched a lot of YouTube while you're driving. Yeah, and not like I'm not holding my phone, but like I'm like I have like a phone holder where I like I can watch watch YouTube. What can you watch on YouTube that's like a very long video? Uh, Martin Shkreli finance videos. That guy who was trying to sell pharmaceuticals. (laughs) Yeah, he actually, to be quite honest, his finance videos are pretty. uh, They're pretty like straightforward. Like he's not like. I mean, it was his scheme was very straightforward. Uh, There's a rare pharmaceutical. Um, charge it at a ridiculously high price because it's rare. <laughs> so yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's, the simple finance is prevalent in historical behavior as well. Yeah, so it was kind of interesting just to kind of like hear his perspective on things and whatnot. Um, so I basically I watched a lot of that and listened to some podcasts and stuff. Which like podcasts that. were keeping you entertained? Uh, I bet Joe Rogan podcast were probably really good I, for road trips because it was like super no, long. No, I can't listen to him anymore. Like I'm oh my god. Yeah, you told me like that, like what five months ago? I don't know, like, but yeah, you told me. Yeah, um, I like a lot of like health and well-being stuff lately. Like, <laughs> As you're sitting in that car driving, doing no exercise whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, just trying to like keep my mind like healthy health. and stuff. Yeah, I so see. like, there's this guy that I, I like to to. He has a lot of like interesting videos and stuff, but he um, his name's Hindsight, and he's like very much into like the. Um, mental health space or whatever so I oh interesting um and uh what did you was there was there some i mean so the, this trip must have been if you think about it four days of just listening to a lot of audio style um, and that which could equal education um so was there anything like what are some key takeaways or lessons that you've learned in these podcasts that you think you could impart I mean, nothing really. I feel like it's oh. just like. What was it on the mental health podcast? I'm like, was there any like a key like takeaway? Like, oh, that's an insightful takeaway from that podcast. No, none. Uh, I mean, I think like. Just, I think being present, I think, is a really important thing, with whatever it is that you're doing, and like acknowledging your situation. And so, like, I think for me, I mean, especially with a lot of the trip, it was just like. I didn't, I wasn't able to continue to do like my normal routine Uh and like acknowledging that I wasn't happy about that and like just acknowledging the situations at hand. Like I would have loved to have driven faster. I would have loved to like do all these things and like being okay with like, like it's okay that I was upset and I was not happy about that situation and just like acknowledging that as and you just did that just by self-talking or was it through like any breathing yeah a lot of that and like i've I've which one breathing or self-talking um i guess like self-talking but also just like meditation so like i try to meditate every spend time like meditating every morning and just like just acknowledging where it is that i'm at um like honing in on like my breath work and just like really focusing in on just like you know what am i feeling and like, how do I want to feel, even though, like, I may not necessarily transition into that, that space. How like, do I want to feel? Isn't yeah. that antithetical to meditation in a way? Because you're trying to change the situation. Not necessarily. I think a lot really? of it is, like, you know, I'm upset, right? Yes. And I don't like my current situation. But what can I do today? What's one thing that I can do? that can make this situation a little bit better. Is that, I don't know if that's meditative. Isn't that therapeutic more? Cause you're actively trying to change that situation. So that's more like the therapy. Um, and I then mean, meditation I, is just you being present in the moment, being okay with the situation, being at peace at the, with the moment. Um, like you try to affirmations, like you spending that time, like through like I use, um, there's actually this really cool, app that I use, it's called Smiling Minds, and they have yeah. a lot of different guided meditation sessions. And I so um, that's kind of like the one that I use every day 
walks you through that of like how do you want to interact with other people um, definitely you know, have what do you um uh you know want to or how do you want to to present yourself today with regards to who it is that you are um and you know spending a little bit of time in like breath work so i try to do like five to ten minutes every morning um and and just kind of like spend time in meditation hmm I'm looking at the definition of meditation. It says it's defined as a set of techniques that are intended to encourage a heightened state of awareness and focused attention. It's also a consciousness changing technique that has been shown to have a wide number of benefits, psychological well-being. Yeah, I don't know if affirmation would fall under that category, but I don't know. I just know that the the guided meditation session they would use like affirmations. Yeah. Like, they, what are some yeah, of the affirmations yeah. today? They will say like, "You are the best," or "No, not you like are worthy." That. No, not even like that. It's like, um, you know, how like for example, um, they give you, um, it's like you know, I will not react to. Um, ah, that's not that's an affirmation. Like, I, it's it. That's more like um, that is yeah. That's like a a mantra kind of guide i I felt i thought affirmation would be like something that would um be a positive statement about yourself that's how i defined it that i would consider more like therapy and then what you're doing with that meditation i don't react that's that's getting into that state of like consciousness right i that's just what the podcast that's or not the podcast but the session that's just kind of that's how it's described so it's called affirmation yeah, you go through affirmation. So you go through that. You also go through how do you want to interact with other people today? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I usually go through, have you ever read the book, The Four Agreements? No, oh, you think someone might have recommended that book to me. Yeah, so that's, I read that book earlier this year. Um, and there's the four agreements are basically like those four affirmations every day that you um, remind mm-hmm. yourself of. So it's like, I will be impeccable with my word. Um, I will not make assumptions. I will not take things personally and I'll always try my best. So those are like every morning I try to remind myself of those four things as mm. I like before I start my day. Um, and yeah, so it's, I guess that combination of that session uh, really, it's important for me as I like start my day. So even if I do have those like rough days and, and the app is cool too, because it asks you like, um, are you a beat? Like, I can't remember what exactly what the, the, the questions are, but it's like, track your answers. Over. Yeah. So it's like your, your mood, like, you know, um, are you able to identify your emotions and not react, not uh, act on those emotions without thinking? Um, there's like three different questions. That ask yeah, no, no, but speak. that, that, what you just said, that question right there is, sounds like meditation. I think what you said before, like, how do I want to feel is the opposite of that kind of right like you now reacting to the way you're feeling is opposite of kind i of don't know i'm just i'm way. i'm just explain i'm just telling you what the the session is labeled i'm like uh-huh. i'm not uh i think right. with regards to like i guess the details of what is meditation and what's not i think that's a larger conversation but i think in regards to like I can only describe what I'm doing. And if that's how, you, I guess if that's how you want to interpret it, I guess that's, that's what it is, but um, yeah. that's how it's described in the app. So 
Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not too certain. So I, I don't also know fully the definition of affirmation. So I, yeah, I wouldn't be able to um, authoritatively like say, yep, that's how it is. But yeah, there are just some things I think I was familiar with, and just in my experience, how how meditation was defined. So I okay. just wanted to explore that a little further. But anyway, so okay, you got it. You have a routine that you're doing. Yeah. Um, to keep yourself grounded, um, you're eating um, bad food. Oh yeah, not so great food. That doesn't look like you're like seeking rice. out like delicious places to eat along the road too necessarily. You're just trying to get through. Yeah, because um, I mean, Tulsa. if you figure if I stop to eat, that adds like an extra thirty minutes to an hour. Oh, is it by time to charge? No, no, no. It's just like oh. I mean, if I go to like stop to go eat somewhere, like that adds extra time to my trip. So. If I have to like go into a place to order, um, you know, it adds, you know, 30 to 40 minutes onto my road time. So got it. I was really just like looking for places that are like quick. Um, so I, yeah, I ate a lot of chicken sandwiches and hamburgers and stuff. That's okay. I'm sure you, I'm sure with your routine and your lifestyle, you will, you'll recover. Um, yeah. Okay. So you get to Tulsa, you're in Oklahoma now. Um, I don't know when you arrived, but uh, seven days ago around, was it? May, well, well, six days ago, it was the 100-year anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre as well, too. Yeah. Um, so you're, like, arriving at a time, the vicinity of a very historic point in Tulsa. Um, did you have I, – I guess you were there when um, the anniversary – I don't know if you call it anniversary, just this dark period in history, like – yeah, it's just a hundred year. Um, what do you call it? Memorial? Is that what you call it? Uh, anniversary, I think. Anniversary yeah, sounds like something you celebrate. So I'm like, anniversary doesn't sound like the right uh, word to attach to it. It'd be more like a hundred year. Whatever. It's it, it's been a hundred years since the Tulsa race massacre. When you arrived, was there something that was going on in Tulsa? Did they did they have like an event to remember this period? Um, not, not really, to be honest. Oh, actually there was, but I didn't know about it until like the evening that it ended. So because I wasn't really like the last like two, three weeks, like I wasn't really like focused on that. Like I've just been like, all right, what do I need in my apartment that I'm missing? And like, what do I need to set up? Yeah. Um, So my mind hadn't been on that, but there are a lot of like cultural resources that are, um, like institutions here in Tulsa that like are like basically their whole focus is just for the advancement of the awareness of what took place. Um, And it's cool because like where I actually live, um, there's the center for public secrets, which is um, a nonprofit organization that's been uh, uh, essentially just like uh, focusing in on raising awareness of like the cover up that took place as well as the individuals that were a part of that cover up. Um, and they're like a block away. I haven't had a chance to visit yet, but I've been following their um, social media accounts and stuff because they sh- share and provide a lot of interesting information. Yeah. Um, and then there was, I don't know if you heard about this, but last October, there were uh, mass graves that were found of the bodies of people I heard, that were murdered. I saw something about five coffins, um, but maybe that's another. Yeah, maybe five what? Five coffins, five extra five coffins were uncovered. I think related to the race massacre. 
I just um, saw that as a headline, but maybe this is something else. The grave. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they were coffins per se, but I know there's a mass grave. Like, so is this part of the like the cover up? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like across the street from my apartment is a cemetery, yeah. and in that cemetery they found a plot of land that was unmarked, and it was just it's literally just a huge pit full of bodies um, in the pit, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they if, if those those bodies are identified or not but every day like legitimately there's just like this backhoe and like there's a guy with a camera that's live streaming it i think or at least filming it um and there's just like crew that's basically just like unearthing all of these bodies every single day uh, Uh, yeah yeah, still now um i don't think we have the full estimate accurate estimate of how many people died during that two-day range i think it's the last from may 31st to june 1st um so yeah it's it's growing i think there's it says here the commission gave several estimates ranging from 75 to 300 dead but here's something i didn't know about tulsa race massacre and and then for the people who don't know what the tulsa race massacre was it's um it's a massacre that took place on may 31st and june 1st um 1921 so that's 100 years ago uh where mobs of white residents of Tulsa, they attacked black residents, they destroyed their homes, they destroyed the businesses. Um, and in, in these attacks, they were carrying it out on the ground, but apparently also from aircraft as well. So from private aircraft. And these mobs had weapons with them. Um, it's here in Wikipedia, it says deputized and given weapons by city officials. So the government, uh, at least at, at the city level, uh, um, empowered them with weapons to engage in this violence. Um, so, in brief, it's yeah, it's, it's a it's a period in time in Tulsa where mobs of white residents attacked and killed um, many black residents of um, the city. But also, what I didn't know was there were there were residents that were interned in large facilities. So it's like they were imprisoned there. So I didn't yeah. know that. That's you know, it's, it's terrible. I mean, even in this, I'm reading, I'm reading ahead in the Wikipedia as well. And they're saying they're like, um, 2001 state commission, they confirmed that there are 39 dead, but it was 26 black and then 13 white people. So there's also casualties just across races. Yeah. Um, so just super unfortunate. Yeah. So there's, um, there's actually a commission that's called the 1921 graves investigation. Uh-huh. Uh, this, uh, that's being conducted by the city. Um, so what happened was is last October, there were 12 burials that were found. And then on June 1st, there was five more burials that were found, um, during the mass grave. Five uh, bureaus. Maybe that's yeah. what they're saying. The coffins were, but yeah. Maybe so, just semantics. yeah. So basically literally like right across the street, like I can look from my apartment window and see them like doing the, um, investigation so it's it's interesting because there's a lot of people that are now talking about it um and i if you follow the tulsa subreddit a lot of people talk about it there too they're pretty active there Um, right right no i bet and it's it's interesting yeah i mean that is what unfortunately tulsa is most known for this this dark two-day period right i i don't i don't that's that's all that's all i know about tulsa really that stands out to me um, yeah, yeah. So this is this period of just a lot of shame. I think I mean, that's why people would want to hide it. Um, 
And I assume that's also why this this Tulsa remote. It's it's kind of the problem that's addressing for Tulsa. Um, has this dark period. It was a place where people would not necessarily want to go to. It would be a place where people would move away from. Um, and even after a hundred years, the city is, I think, continuing to. I'm speculating at this point, but given that that's all I know about Tulsa and seeing this program right now, I'm, I'm speculating that um, it may be in an educated manner that this program is helping to recover from that period as well. So it's actually interesting because um, so this program isn't actually a part of the city. Um, it's the program was was funded and it was started by uh, this guy named George Kaiser. He's a billionaire um, uh -huh. in the oil industry. And basically what he's been doing has been like heavily investing into the like revitalization of Tulsa um, right. with his own money. So all of the, the people that get accepted, he's basically like, I guess, bankrolling um, people joining the program and coming to Tulsa and basically him paying for these things as well as like investing or the, I guess the, his nonprofit is doing this um, right. as well as investing in um, other like revitalization projects in the city. So there's this like park called the gathering, which is basically, it's almost like central park kind of vibes or like golden gate park. Um, kind of vibes where like they're just doing things to grow the city because like Tulsa is it's smaller than Oklahoma City but it's the sister city to Austin um, and a lot of the things that take place in Austin um, a lot of things end up coming to Tulsa um, and so I think there's just a lot of this like just this effort uh, kind of, I guess maybe also on the back of what happened but almost just to like revitalize yeah. the city because right, right. there's if you look at like the um demographics of tulsa like the median income is like fifty thousand dollars for a household like it's not the most wealthy city um and i think the goal there is to really just like bring in people um to help you know really pump life into the city because um it's there's just a lot like if you drive down the street the roads are not that great. Uh, there's tons of real estate um, that's for lease, for sale. Um, like houses are dirt cheap. Like yeah. it's 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 yeah, so a weird place to be. No, exactly. So I, I would imagine some of the debilitating effects of of what you're seeing right now may be a result of the Tulsa race massacre. Like maybe the motive for doing this isn't directly because. Uh, some some sort of redemption attempt uh, for the Tulsa race massacre in Tulsa, but to address some of the um, debilitating effects that the race massacre brought about and just to revitalize the city because of the aftermath of that Tulsa race massacre for even for a hundred years um, requires just a, a more active revitalization effort to just recover from the debilitating effects of that massacre. That would be my, that would be, kind of my connection of how like the race massacre would be connected to the the Tulsa remote program and the state of Tulsa right now but maybe indirectly maybe indirectly um, yeah because yeah. this is really it's um the program was started by the guy George Kaiser so I don't know yeah. maybe he felt I, I mean I'm thinking like George Kaiser you said yeah I don't know so yeah like I'm sure the there foundation I see I'm sure there are like so many places uh like in the states that also 
um, the medium income might be lower. Real estate might not be as great too. You know, and, and the, the cities are not like well funded or something. Yeah. But so like the the cities, Tulsa. the cities, um, like their main, um, I guess you could say bread and butter, like industry that's here is oil and gas. So like that's how people make money. Those are like the big, like prominent businesses in the area in Ho- Oklahoma, um, as well as in Tulsa. Um, and so he, George Kaiser, I believe is from Tulsa. Um, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. And he basically has just been like investing a lot of like resources and time. To, like, I see. Basically so that's also why he, he would be investing in this because he's from Tulsa too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I have no idea what the motivation is coming from. Now that I, in hindsight, after saying what I said, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm talking about really. Um, so yeah, if this is the guy that's funding the Tulsa Remote Program, then yeah. Yeah. So tomorrow program. I'll find out more because tomorrow is technically when I start the program. So mm-hmm. um, we have like orientation where they talk about everything and stuff like that. Nice. <coughs> nice. Well, okay. So you moved to Tulsa. Um, how is it so far? What are, do you, in a few words, like three words, how would you describe your experience thus far? Uh, it's a lot more slower pace out here than in the Bay Area. I bet. It's, um, I mean, it's nice because where I live, everything is really accessible. So like my gym that I go to is a three minute drive away. The grocery store is like six minutes away. Downtown is a five minute drive. Um, and I could be in and out. There's no traffic. Like, um, it's, it's a very accessible place to live. It's a very affordable place to live. Um, yeah, but you are know. you excited about living here? Are you like more anxious? Are you not what well, the expectations uh, did not meet your expectations? No, I mean, I'm trying to like be as open as possible. There's I mean, I definitely do miss being at home. And I think I miss now that things are opening. I miss that, um, you know, just those connections that I've had with like my close friends and family and things of that nature. And I think that's probably the one thing that is obviously like not the same. And like, I don't know anybody here outside of like the owner of my gym and the coaches at my gym. So there's just like a lot that like, I think I'm just trying to to be as open as possible once this program starts and I can actually interact with, you know, more people and get to know more people in the program. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I think there's just a lot of like infrastructure wise is way different. Um, businesses for whatever reason are like typically closed on like Mondays and Tuesdays. So if there are things that you're trying to do, or like if you want to go to specific like stores or restaurants and stuff, it's like, they're just closed. So um, what are you excited most about being in Tulsa? I think just experiencing something different. Like I've only lived in California for, I've lived in California my entire life. I've never lived anywhere else. So I think just to experience life in a different place in the Midwest, like, I think that alone is something I'm looking forward to experience, even though, I mean, I already know I want to move back to California, but I think experience, it's just like weird stuff. Like I go to the grocery store and it's like little things that we don't have. Like you can go in and buy like three pounds of bacon in the grocery store, but like you would never see something like that in California. Like unless maybe you went to Costco, but there's just like that. There's like, you go to the grocery store and there's like aisles filled with sweet tea. Like 
<laughs> and it's just like, why, why is this a thing? Like, why, why do people need this? And so it's like, it's interesting to see those like intricacies that are way different. Like I went to a target today and they have a bakery and a deli. Like I've never seen that before. Um, really? We've yeah. I've seen all like uh, people manning a bakery. There's people yeah, behind and a like a butcher, like an actual like butcher, like people in like Target. Yes. Yeah, that is new. Yeah, in Target, that's new. Yeah, I would you would see that in Whole Foods, but not in Target. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. like it's all these things that like I've never, I've only like things that have been alluded to in like the movies, and you wouldn't think are like actually real, but like in all actuality are like actual real things. Hmm. Um. So yeah. Nice. Well, I am excited to hear more about uh, your stay at Tulsa and your experience in it. You, you, you do, I think I'd be curious to see what kind of food you'd, you'd have enjoyed. You've enjoyed in Tulsa so far, but um, I think we're like a little past time too. We did start a little bit later too. So yeah. why don't we uh, wrap it up and then we'll like see each other again in like two weeks and then catch up again. I probably will have more to share about my dog too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, wanna, I definitely want to hear about that. So yeah, it's definitely interesting. I'm like very like worried most of the time, like, like she might do something dangerous <laughs> to herself. But uh, Zach, that's not good, man. <laughs> that's not good. But I guess it's good that I'm being tra- I'm being vigilant. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Let me um, uh, let's let's say our goodbyes to the listeners. Let me stop this and then hang on for like a minute just so that we capture all the audio. All right. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace. Bye. Out.